As you're able, in body and in spirit, please uh, rise for the reading of the gospel. Today's gospel on All Saints Sunday is taken from the sixth chapter of Luke. Then Jesus looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven. For that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. But I say to you that listen, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the one cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Good morning, saints of God. Ah, some of you know, right? Yeah, you are saints. We all are. And it's hard for me to fully grasp that all the time, too. I grew up thinking that saints were perfect people. Saints were people that I looked up to that I could emulate in my faith and life. Saints were people whose images were on icons, like over here near the font outlined and highlighted in gold. Those are the saints. I most definitely am not a saint. You can just ask my siblings or my kids. <laughs> They'll be glad to confirm that. As early as the fourth century, believers were remembering, commemorating Christian martyrs, those who refused to recant their faith and died for continuing to believe in Jesus. By the year 800, we know that churches in Ireland, England, and Germany were also commemorating the lives of exemplary believers, models of the faith, and those to whom miracles were attributed. Pope Gregory IV established All Saints Day as an annual commemoration in the church calendar and that it be held on November 1st. We celebrated 
the first Sunday after that. And following Reformation, the Reformation, All Saints Day grew to not just include the dearly departed saints that we remember, but also the living saints, the believers still in the church. And that's why we are saints. It's not just because we're alive, but we're saints by the virtue of God's grace, acting through baptism to mark us with the sign of the cross and sealing us with the Holy Spirit forever. God's action in baptism joined us to the body of Christ, forgiving our sin, giving us a fresh start in this life and giving us eternal life and making us saints by virtue of God's grace. Nothing that we have done or could do. And that aligns with how Paul uses the word saints in his writings. It's always plural. It always refers to the body of believers, not an individual. Today we commemorate the faithful witness of believers who have died in the past year, especially those who now rest from their labors. We are reminded that they shaped our faith. They shaped this community just as you continue to form faith in one another and in those first graders who mark their faith milestone of memorizing the Lord's Prayer. In verses 11 through 14 in our reading from Ephesians, Paul is encouraging and giving thanks for God's redemptive work through Christ. The gift of salvation in Christ is our inheritance. Christ's resurrection is God's pledge and certainty that God will provide it. As Paul writes elsewhere, the resurrection of Christ is the first fruits from the dead. And then beginning in verse 15 to the end of our passage, Paul is praying for the saints. He prays that they and we might grow in faith and in wisdom in the body of Christ, which we know is the church. As we grow and move toward the fulfillment of our inheritance in Christ, that inheritance of forgiveness of sins, salvation, eternal life. Our future inheritance is being revealed by God, and it is the hope that sustains us in this life throughout the trials and tribulations that we all encounter. I want to lift up three themes for us today from today's reading for all saints. Unity, hope, and legacy or inheritance. We begin with unity. In the third chapter of Galatians, Paul specifically names the significant cultural divides, the human divisions that we have erected, that were erected in the church and the world in Paul's day. And Paul announces God's action to create unity. Paul writes, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male or female for all of you are one in Christ Jesus. Baptized into the body of Christ, we are given unity. 
We are one in Christ. God's intention for our unity is reiterated in the fourth chapter of Ephesians, where we read, every, make every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you are called to one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. This unity for which Paul prays in our reading today is a unity we see that transcends time and place. Our unity in Christ transcends, overwhelms earthly powers. He says this unity is far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. Our unity that Paul prays for, that Paul mentions, originates with God by God's action and is revealed in the redemptive work of Christ. And it's a unity that's promised, given to us. Each time we gather at the Lord's table to receive the sacrament of Holy Communion, we experience this transcendent unity. In the mystery of the bread and wine becoming Christ's body and blood, we are gathered together, we are swept up in the mystery of that bread and wine becoming Christ's body and blood. We're swept up in the mystery of the communion of saints. Not only are we joined with the saints we can physically see who come forward to receive the sacrament with us in this place, but we are joined with believers around the world, communing. We are joined together with saints of every time and every place, those we remember today and more. We join every believer alive and in heaven at the Lord's table each time we commune. Unity with those who have died in the faith, we must admit, is easier than unity with the saints around us that we still live with, right? Because we're imperfect saints. We fall short of God's glory and expectations. And at times we do allow the concerns and worries and pressures of this world to interfere with our unity in the body of Christ. But we are called to be one body. And Paul's prayer continues and reminds us of our common hope. Hope. A part of our unity. Paul prays that God grant us a spirit of wisdom and revelation as we come to know him. Wisdom to recognize who truly holds power over all earthly rule and authority and power and dominion. Even now, when our eyes behold and we experience shattered relationships, destructive wars, and an imperiled creation, in the face of the world's turmoil, we look to the future, to the time when God fully reveals 
the one who holds true power, the one who will bring all things together with his eternal power over this imperfect and the temporal powers of this present world. Paul's reminding us that our hope comes because we are part of something far greater, far greater than anything that exists in this physical temporal realm, far greater than anything humans could create. Our hope is knowing, as Paul writes, the riches of God's glorious inheritance among the saints. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power to us who believe? The greatness of God's power raised Christ from the dead, exalted Christ to his place in glory in heaven. And our future with Christ is the hope that sustains us, the hope that frees us from the burdens of this world so that we can keep our eyes on that promised gift so that we can be the body of Christ in a world that's broken and shattered and desperately needs to hear the good news that the body of Christ cares, bears out from this place every Sunday. Good news of Jesus, good news of life and salvation for the world. Our future with Christ gives us hope that calms us even in the face of anxieties in the world, in our life, in our country, and in the world. Anxieties that we encounter, like the uncertainties and changes that come with every election cycle, we have hope in the future with Christ that can calm us because our hope lies beyond and above and is greater. Our future with Christ gives us hope that St. John's will continue to grow and to flourish as we lean and live into our unity with Christ as we move forward with the Spirit's guidance into that future together. And the third concept I want to lift up from Paul's writings today in Ephesians is our legacy or inheritance is the word he uses. In the waters of baptism, we were promised an eternal and indelible inheritance, forgiveness of sin, salvation, and eternal life. Or as Martin Luther phrased it in baptism, we were given all the riches of heaven. All the riches of heaven. That's our inheritance. It's already ours, but we haven't received it in all of its fullness, in all of its glory. Those we commemorate today have received this gift of resurrection and eternal life in all its fullness and glory. And we give thanks to God for that and for their witness. We remind ourselves of this legacy again every time we commune. That bit of bread, that sip of wine is a foretaste of the feast to come. Just a foretaste. Yet it's enough. It's enough to sustain our faith. It's enough to feed our spirit. It's enough to assure us that our heavenly inheritance, our hope in Christ is secure so that we can go forth from this place we call sanctuary into the world where our mission is, where we are sent. 
in a few moments, those whom we name, they have become a part of the inheritance that we already receive benefits from. Our inheritance from the saints that have gone before us are spiritual. They are tangible. Tangible like these facilities which serve as a base camp for God's mission through St. John's into the community and beyond. The inheritance of the generosity of sharing financial and skills and other gifts and resources that have brought us to the completion, almost, of G2G campaign and renovated facilities. The inheritance of our international mission partnerships in Bethlehem, Guatemala, and South Sudan. The inheritance of role models to inspire us in our faith journey the inheritance of organized and well-developed ministries that support people emotionally, spiritually, and physically here at St. John's, out into Salisbury, and beyond. Perhaps the greatest intangible inheritance is the faith in the resurrection of Jesus that has been passed on to us. Our faith always comes from beyond ourselves. It's a gift of the Spirit working through its own mysterious ways, working through the people that God brings into our lives, from fellow saints who are alive or deceased. And today in the Lord's Lord's Prayer milestone, we have a visible reminder of this inheritance that you and I have received and that we are charged with and gladly pass on. Our faith is being inherited by these first graders as the Spirit works to form their faith, to shape them so they can in turn continue to shape others. On this All Saints Sunday, as members of the one body of Christ, We acknowledge and we give thanks for that transcendent unity that binds us together now and throughout eternity. We rejoice in the hope that is secure and stronger than death and that no one can take away. And we pray for a spirit of wisdom, spirit of wisdom that the the legacy, the inheritance of our faith might be as powerful in God's mission as the inheritance we receive upon which our faith is built and which sustains and inspires us. Amen.